everyone. It's me. This is me reading stuff on a Thursday night, trying to keep up this Thursday thing again. Or not keep it up, start it back up again. Okay, let's start with question corner. Let's just kick it off with a few questions for you. Um, do you think you're, do you consider yourself a selfish person? Um, sadly, I am selfish. I have selfish tendencies and that's just how it is. I, I, I can't, I could go on and on, but I won't. Let's ask more questions. Um, and I'm sorry to report that to you guys. What is the best advice you've ever been given in your life? Best advice you've ever been given in your life. Um, mine was probably, mine was probably... Yeah, when my professor, Susan Sensenman, in uh, graduate school told me to stop painting and start making drawings. I would say that changed the course of my life in a pretty major way. So that's a good one. That's not one that, you know, is like awesome because it's not, uh, hey, be kind or whatever. But <laughs> hopefully I was already getting that advice. Okay, what did you eat for lunch today? I ate... I think today, I can't remember. I'll tell you about yesterday. Maybe I skipped lunch. Oh, yeah, because I stayed up all night. Oh, God, I had a rough night. So yesterday's lunch was arugula. What else? Arugula, smoked salmon. I'm eating salmon again. Um, Capers with a lemon vinaigrette. Capers dill. There was a lot of good stuff on this salad. I don't remember it all right now, but it was good. Oh, tomatoes from my garden. Mm-hmm. It was one of the better... Oh, and a little feta cheese. Okay. How about what house or building or environment pops up in your dreams the most? For me, it's always this mall. It's this certain mall. There's a mall and there's a school. It's this one hallway from Grapevine High School, where I went to high school. It's always this one hallway. And sort of the side part of the school that I was never on. I never went to that side part of the school. But for some reason, I vividly remember it in my dreams. And it's always there. And then this one mall that I'm constantly in. Um, What is the most out-of-character thing you've ever done in your life? And all of you are required to email me that thing. And hopefully it's very secretive and illicit and insane. And I want to hear all about it. <laughs> email me at mereadingstuff at iCloud.com. Mine was definitely when I was on the Stern Show, the Howard Stern Show. That was probably, although it was very in character in many ways because, you know, I'm a fanatic for things. And so the fact that I got in and got on the show at all is kind of nuts. It's a nutty story if you've ever heard it. If you've never you probably have never heard it because I don't believe I've talked about it that much. But it was all sort of a wild accident and it was half real and half not. And the whole thing was nuts and very I think I think I mean I think I do a lot of unexpected and out of character things according to my family members. And Damien says the same thing all the time. Like he's like, I never know what is coming next with you. <laughs> So I guess I am like that. I Even though, to me, I'm the most expected and boring person there is, but apparently not. Um, all right, those are the questions. Uh, lunch, are you selfish? Best advice, the dream question, and out-of-character question. 
Okay, um, let's see. What else is going on? For, okay, fun things to report. I have been taking it easy this week. So easy, so slow, so mindful. All of those good things that we all strive for. Has It's been a good week for me in that way. I, was, I gardened for two full days straight. One day I was out there from 8 o'clock, or about 8.30, I'd say, until almost 7. And I planted ornamental cabbage, ornamental kale, mums, some sort of black grass. It's like this beautiful black, kind of slate, gray-black grass. I don't know. It looks very Halloween-like. I put some lanterns in the front yard. I don't even know what all I did. I did so much. I've been really realizing that because I'm always in a hurry— and always rushing to the next show and never giving myself time, even on weekends. There are so many little minor projects that are just just feel good and they make me feel like a balanced adult that I never take care of. Like today, I also organized batteries and light bulbs. <laughs> I have a lot of batteries and a lot of light bulbs because uh, Damien and I both love like lanterns with these battery-operated candles, these very dim orange glow candles. We have them all over the place. And other things, like a lot of battery-powered, like holiday lights or cute little lights everywhere, just batteries, light bulbs galore. And so I organized those. Those have been in a complete, like, disaster mess for three years. Uh, What else? All sorts of just little things. I'm organizing my laundry room. I'm I'm just kind of taking care of stuff. I feel like a little homemaker. And I will tell you, I don't know why I said little. I didn't mean to make it diminutive, diminutive or, you know, less than. Uh, but I, I will tell you, feeling that way right now, feeling like I'm nesting and... Being, it just feels very normal in a way that I need right now. So badly do I need it. Um, I've been crocheting. I've got a lot of things that I'm trying to get done for the shop. Some of which are called, uh, I would call them. Oh, my friend Aaron named it a couch cape. So get ready for that. If you think you like a little throw blanket, wait till you see my crocheted couch capes. Okay, you're gonna want to save up some money. These are gonna be expensive though because they take a lot of work, they and they look like they would be very expensive if they were in, like, an L.A. boutique or something. So I don't know if they're going to be $300, $400, probably $300 or $350, maybe less. I don't know. Anyway, I've been doing stuff like this. Oh, Damien and I, for the last, I don't know how long, month or so, we've been doing Monday night movie night, and we go back and forth. Excuse me if I've already told you guys this. I don't know if I have, but so, you know, one Monday is Damien's. And he plans out the movie and doesn't tell me. It's always got to be a surprise. And then we set up the living room like a movie theater. And we are the announcer. Like, if it's your night, if it's Damien's night, he gets up and he goes, Hello, welcome to Christmas theater. That's kind of, we call it Journeal Theater on Christmas Avenue. We do not live on Christmas Avenue, by the way. <laughs> but we've deemed it that for some reason now. Um and we, you know, make popcorn or bring candy and get drinks ready. And we dim the lights. is everything. We do it all. And then if it's your night, you introduce the movie. You know, hello, this is Three Women by Robert Altman. It came out in the month of my birth year, 1977. 
Shelley Duvall won Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival. You know, you do the whole thing. Um, And, yeah, my last two were three women. And then before that, it was, (laughs) oh, yeah, (laughs) She's the Man starring uh what's her face uh i can't believe i don't know her name it was my it was like i love her uh hold on let's look it up it'll come to me amanda Bynes. i didn't even have to look amanda Bynes. she's the man have you ever seen she's the man anyway that was one moment where damien's like i really don't know with you i did not expect you to pick this movie but we were both having a rough week or weekend or something and i figured you know this is a good week to watch something ridiculous. And I love the movie She's the Man. I love it. She is a teenage, a high school teenager. She's very athletic. And all of a sudden, the school cancels the girls' soccer team. And she's very pissed. So she, long story short, she gets into a different school pretending to be her twin brother um, at all-boys school, I think. And then she gets onto the boys' soccer team by pretending to be a boy. And, oh, my God, is it fun. Uh, And Amanda Bynes is fascinating and was a very good actress. It's too bad she's not – she's retired. So, anyway, Amanda Bynes, who one time – one of the first reports of her being crazy was when she lit a neighbor's house on fire. And that was right down the street from where I lived once in Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, that was exciting. And then she was always, like, paparazzi always caught her after that at the Costco near my house with her parents. And so I remember lingering at Costco much longer than I ever would have because I was hoping to see Amanda Bynes. I'm somebody who loves seeing celebrities. It's the only thing I miss about Los Angeles, to be honest with you, is the celebrity sightings. I've probably told you guys that, but... And living in Beverly Hills, it was so common and so awesome. I mean, no matter where you live, you'll see celebrities constantly. But mm, I miss it. I don't know why I care. I just do. I'm one of those people. Okay. And also, I've been reading a lot. That's the only other update. I'm reading somebody who's possibly questionable, possibly canceled, but not canceled. One of those where when I looked into the cancellation of him, he is a man. He is a gay man. Um, I don't think he was really canceled. I think... Okay, sorry, my phone cut off out there. I'm still using my phone as a microphone, by the way, and I'm loving it. I do think it's very clear, and I think my new computer last week, the audio sounded really good on the podcast last week, in my opinion. So, and thank you guys for listening, by the way. Anyway, back to my canceled, not canceled writer. I can't wait to read from this man's work, and I'm very excited about it, but I also have that (laughs) fear it's just going to be somebody you guys don't expect if you listen if you listen regularly and also it, it i don't know it it feels <sighs> all i know is that i'm obsessed with his writing right now and i'm kind of obsessed with him period so we'll see how it goes maybe you guys won't be offended but you know it it brings up the whole question about who are we allowed to be into? Who can we talk about? Who can we support? Who can we not support? And it's always more of a, it's rare for me because a lot of the times I'm not reading, you know, people who are alive and well, but 
Um, in this case, I will be. And today I'm going to be reading from somebody who's alive and well. In fact, should I just start in on it? Let's start in on it. I do have another little thing to uh, include in this podcast, something I recorded. I don't remember what it is, but I know I recorded it in my car on the way home from somewhere. So I'll add that on the end. Um, I'm going to be reading from a book I believe I've read from one other time on the podcast. It is Mary Rufel, who might be the person I've... Mary Rufel and Mark Strand are probably the two people I've read from the most on the podcast. I'd love somebody to do, to do the math on that. But Mary Rufel, this is from Madness, Rack, and Honey, which came out in 2012 on Wave Books. We love Wave Books. I think they're out of here in Seattle. And... Um, this is a collection of her lectures. She, I, I, oh my God, I don't know how to get around. Here we go. I don't know how to get around on my um, computer anymore. You know, like the little shortcuts on the Mac trackpad? I've got new ones and I don't know what I'm doing. Here is the description on wavepoetry.com, which I highly recommend. Get on there, buy the book. It's only $25 on, on this website and you should definitely support Wave Books. And if you like any of the uh, writers that I read on the podcast, you're going to really have a good time with Wave Books if you're new to it. I've been told that many people have told me that they frequent Wave Books and buy Stuff And sign up for their newsletter as well. That'll help introduce you to new things. Okay, so here is the description of Mary Rufel's Madness, Rack, and Honey. Great title. Over the course of 15 years, award-winning poet Mary Rufel delivered a lecture every six months to a group of poetry graduate students. Collected here for the first time, these lectures articulate the wisdom accrued through a life dedicated entirely to poetry. Intellectually virtuosic, instructive, and experimental, madness, rack, and honey resist definition, demanding instead an utter and utterly pleasurable immersion. That's a great description and very true. I have to say, when I read that part about accrued through a life dedicated entirely to poetry, it made me wonder, God, I want to do something like that with drawing. Um, you know, the fact that I'm not a teacher regularly, I only do occasional stints of teaching um, it kind of makes me sad sometimes. I think I have a lot. Oh, I don't know if I have a lot to offer. I do. I, I trust that I have a lot to offer when you've done this much of one thing for this long, you have things to say, but I, I imagine like a book on drawing. I don't know. I have a lot to say and maybe I should do something about it. Anyway, I'm going to be reading little bits that I have highlighted from, I think the first uh, lecture, which is on beginnings. There's one on endings too that I love. Um, but for example, different things, there's a whole section on Emily Dickinson, um, on theme, on sentimentality. Uh, what else? The Emily Dickinson chapter is amazing. On someone reading a book. <laughs> and then there's 22 short lectures, which I've read from on the podcast at one point things she remembers. It's just a, this is such a good book. I would say every, every essay collector or poetry collector should have this book. Okay. So, so basically I'm skipping around a bit. I've kind of, um, I, I wouldn't say I've edit. I would never edit this book, but these are the parts of this longer chapter that I want to read to you. All right. In life, the number of beginnings is exactly equal to the number of endings. No one has yet to begin a life who will not end it. In poetry, the number of beginnings so far exceeds the number of endings that we cannot even conceive of it. Not every poem is finished. 
One poem is abandoned, another catches fire and is carried away by the wind, which may be an ending, but it is the ending of a poem without an end. I believe the poem is an act of the mind. I think it is easier to talk about the end of a poem than it is to talk about its beginning. Because the poem ends on the page, but it begins off the page, it begins in the mind. The mind acts, the mind wills a poem, often against our will. Somehow this happens. Somehow a poem gets written in the middle of a chaotic holiday party that has just run out of ice, and it's your house. I believe many fine poems begin with ideas. But if you tell too many faces this or tell it too loudly, they will get the wrong idea. Now here is something really interesting to me. Something you can use at a standing-up-only party when everyone is tired of hearing there are 1,003,295 words used by the Eskimos for snow. This is what Ezra Pound learned from, from Ernest Fenelosa. Some languages are so constructed, English among them, that we each only really speak one sentence in our lifetime. That sentence begins with your first words, toddling around the kitchen, and ends with your last words right before you step into the limousine or in a nursing home, that night duty attendant vaguely on hand. Or, if you're blessed, they are heard by someone who knows you and loves you and will be sorry to hear the sentence end. When I told Mr. Angel about the lifelong sentence, he said, that's a lot of semicolons. He is absolutely right. The sentence would be unwieldy and awkward and resemble the novel of a savant. But the next time you use a semicolon, which, by the way, is the least used mark of punctuation in all of poetry, you should stop and be thankful that there exists this little thing, invented by a human being, an Italian as a matter of fact, that allows us to go on and keep on connecting speech that for all apparent purposes is unrelated. You might say a poem is a semicolon, a living semicolon, what connects the first line to the last, the act of keeping together that whose nature is to fly apart. Between the first and last lines, there exists a poem. And if it were not for the poem that intervenes, the first and last lines of a poem would not speak to each other, would not speak to each other, because the lines of a poem you are speaking to each other, not you to them or they to you. I will tell you what I miss. I miss watching a movie, and at the end, huge scrolled words come on the screen and say, The End. I miss finishing a novel, and there on the last page, at a discreet distance from the last words of the last sentence, there are the dark letters spelling The End. Okay, hold on. I have flipped through books, reading hundreds of opening and closing lines across ages, across cultures, across aesthetic schools, and I have learned that first lines are remarkably similar, even repeated, and that last lines are remarkable sim remarkably similar, even repeated. Of course, in all cases, they remain remarkably distinct because the words belong to completely different poems. And I began to realize, reading these first and last lines, that there are not only the first and last lines of the lifelong sentence we each speak, but also the first and last lines of the long piece of language delivered to us by others, by those we listen to. And in the best of all possible lives, that beginning and that end are the same. In poem after poem, I encountered words that mark the first something made out of language that we hear as children repeated night after night like a refrain. I love you. 
I am here with you. Don't be afraid. Go to sleep now. And I encountered words that mark the last something made out of language that we hope to hear on earth. I love you. You are not alone. Don't be afraid. Go to sleep now. And that's all I'll give you for tonight. And hopefully that entices you to go buy this book. Now, I might give a a spoiler. I was curious, and I don't remember. Did she end the book with the end? (laughs) Because if any book should be (laughs) ended, no, she didn't. Uh, That's too bad. I would like to talk to Wave Books about this immediately, and let's do a reprint and get that on there. Or just write it in yourself. I guess because it's not, I mean, because it's a collection of lectures, maybe. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, I'll put a link in the description for you to go head over to Wave Books. Wait, wavepoetry.com. It's funny. Wave Books. It should be, uh, whatever. You get the idea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to attach something here. Okay, so I'm doing all sorts of fun projects around the house. I uh, did a little research about what sort of flowers and plants do well in the fall and winter here in Washington State. And and then I also have some amazing polia plants that have grown so big that they need to be repotted. So I'm doing all these things out and about today and I'm having a great time because it's a beautiful fall day I don't know what the temperature is like 61 but it's sunny and a nice breeze and it's cool crisp air I can smell the water from where we live it's just like so nice and anyway all of that's beside the point what happened that that I thought was funny was I was so I was getting the new um, pots for my polia plants and I had to measure I first got the big nice ceramic glazed nicely made pots at this one nice nursery but they didn't have any of the cheap plastic things that go on the inside so I had to go to another like you know a regular hardware store for that and when I got in the hardware store I thought well here's what I'm going to do I'm going to talk to the person at the front because it wasn't a big place at all and it wasn't busy at all either so I said all right here's what I'm going to do because it's going to be hard. Even if I measure it with my tape measure, I can't tell what's going to fit in here because there's angles and all this stuff. So I planned on saying, I mean, this is how I am about everything. I planned on it a long time ahead of time. I thought, okay, I'm going to go in there and here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, hi, I was just wondering, I have these heavy ceramic pots in my car that I can't carry in here, but I need to know if these plastic pots will fit in it. So if I leave you my driver's license, would you please let me take these two different sizes out to my car? And I promise I'll bring them right back. I obviously need my license. And this girl, she's probably like, she's very cute. She was probably like 27. She just listened to me nicely. She wasn't being a jerk. And she goes, okay, I can't, she goes, where are you parked? And I said, okay, I'm right kind of near that black truck. I showed her the general vicinity. I'm like right past that black truck. And I don't know how far, it was like three rows away, not a big deal. And I thought she was going to be like, oh, that's fine. She goes, okay, well, I can't trust you. So maybe if you move closer, I'll think about it. And she was dead serious. I was like, whoa, I love that she just said she cannot trust me. So I moved closer and I came back in and asked her 
and she did let me and she didn't even make me give her my driver's license. So there you go. And then we ended up being friends. And I told her in the end, as I walked away, I go, you know, you should really think about get, getting into the security business. And she laughed and I cried and we all went about our business and it was all good. Maybe it's not the greatest story. <laughs> I'm leaving this in though, because I do think it's important to leave uh, not great stories into your podcast. That's something I believe in. Because again, we're unscripted here on me reading stuff. We have no sponsorship anyway. So nobody's going to get mad and, you know, write me a email saying, you know, we're going to have to pull our tied stain stick remover pen from uh, ad that you keep playing because you're not getting any, any clicks or any likes or whatever it is. I still do think this podcast should be a bigger deal. I don't know why that's my new theme of the month is that I just don't understand. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty unique. And none of you, by the way, got back to me and said, what category should this podcast be in? I really do want to start a part of my website, like an Easter egg section of my website that has a little section where people can um, answer some of these questions back without without it being a big deal, you know? So I, I just link to this question, this like section of my website where everybody can say, I think you're self-help or I think you're comedy or I think you're drama or I think you're sci-fi or whatever category I may be. So anyway, I'll think about that. I also am trying to decide, what do you guys think about this? I need a new website. Now, I personally have loved my website for a long time. A dear old friend of mine, Kayla, uh, she designed it. I mean, I I did a lot. I kind of designed it, and then she is the one who enacted the design. I mean, I, I told her every detail of what I wanted down to the font and everything, but she did some really cool shit that I could never have come up with. She was amazing. And it's very me. Um, however, times have changed. Uh, and things are different now. That, that's been a long time now. I don't know about a long time, but, you know, maybe seven years ago. So that's a, yeah, that's a long time. It's time to update it. So I'm trying to decide, what do you guys think? I, I love learning new skills, number one. And I love being in control. So I'm kind of thinking... I need to do it myself. And I'm really good. I mean, I design my shop. I do everything on my shop pages and it looks pretty good. And I do some complicated things for that and my newsletters and stuff. Speaking of which, a lot of you guys signed up for the newsletter. So I'll be sending out another newsletter in the coming month. I don't want to send out too many. I think any more than once a month is horrible. But if you haven't signed up, this is where I'm going to announce everything. Anything special, any massive me reading stuff, tour, um, overseas, that kind of thing. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter at the bottom of my webpage, www.robinoneal.com. Any of the pages, you scroll down to the bottom, you sign up for the newsletter. You can also send me a message via the website down there too. So, um, yeah, that newsletter went really well. And I noticed like I've been, I, I'm interested in the newsletter performance. I'll say that because, and what I mean by that is like the analytics, because again, I'm doing a lot of thinking about how shitty social media is for even for promotional purposes. I mean, you get lucky. Let's say you have 1800 followers. Uh, well, on Instagram, and you're going to promote, let's say you just opened a web shop. All right, you're going to get probably at least, I mean, not that many out of 1800. But I would say you can count on getting out of 1800, what do you guys think? Like 350 views to that post 
on a on a average day. If the algorithm algorithm is in your favor, maybe you'll get eight hundred. Maybe you'll get a thousand. Um, you know, you do the math on your own. You start looking at that or looking at the views and stuff, and you see it's not that great. Um, but it feels like a lot. Uh, whereas on a newsletter via email, you just it's different. Anyway, long story short, I guess the average amount of views to the newsletter via email, you get, you get the analytics back. You see who clicked on things and who opened the email and looked and viewed the email. Um, and mine, my last one performed high, like way higher than average. I can't remember the numbers, but let me just do an estimate. They say that you did a good job on your email campaign. If somewhere from like 18 to 27 percent of people read your email. All right. That sounds so crazy low, but it's just true. So, but mine had 87% (laughs) looking at it. And I'm like, is this a joke? And it's not because the previous ones I did with my shop announcements were much lower, but I was still psyched about it based on the averages because it was like 37 or 41 or whatever. So this one, something about it, I just think if I want to get things out there, if I want to talk about things and share things, um, I do think that I've, I've landed on the right thing. So if it encourages any of you guys to start migrating away from us relying on these massive, I mean, just monstrous asshole corporations like Facebook, which owns Instagram, right? Or Twitter and all of these... I mean, basically evil companies who own everything you post anyway. It's, it's really scary when you start looking into it. And I'm sorry to sound so... I, I'm, a lot of, I'm not sorry about anything. This is how I feel. It's a big part of my... Um, it's a big part of my career brain right now is thinking about this kind of stuff. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, artists have to do some of their own stuff. You know, we have to promote. If we're not... I mean, you don't have to, but my experience, as great as galleries are, you know, they have a lot of other galleries, a lot of other, I mean, a lot of other artists, a lot of other shows to promote. They've got to pay bills. They're, they're busy, man. And as they should be. So this is my job. This part is my job. They'll they'll do their best. They can do their best while the show's up, but what are they going to do when it's not? I mean, they're going to do a lot, but, but I can do even more because it's just me. Anyway, Uh, This has been Art Business Services by Robin Renee O'Neill, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's all I've got for right now. Uh, I'm driving home. I'm driving home. Don't worry. I'm talking on the Bluetooth. Everything's cool. It's, again, pumpkins everywhere. If only you guys, you know, people are really have like a hard-on for uh, fall. You know, that's just like, it seems to be a universal thing. And if you saw the way I've decorated for fall. I think you would cry and be so happy. And you would love, you would want to bring over your favorite throw blanket and a book and come on over and cuddle up by the fire. Not with me. I'm not going to cuddle with you, but you can cuddle on. I've got a bean bag. I've got a chair called Big Joe. Big Joe is, was Frankie's favorite chair. I got, I got Big Joe for me. He's like a little bean bag chair. And yeah, Frankie just stole it from me immediately. I brought it home. I can't remember why I bought it. I think it was for my studio. And when I, I, I'd like bring it in the front door. Oh, there's two naked kids playing on a, um, 
trampoline right now. Just completely naked, bouncing around. Two little redheaded kids. One looked about three. The other one looked about five uh, in their front yard. On, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I'm in gummo or something all of a sudden. Anyway, Frankie stole my big Joe chair the second I brought it in. I, I like w- brought it in the front door, was about to take it to the studio. Next thing I look over, she is asleep on the chair. Big Joe. So that's her chair. But now she doesn't give a shit about it. And I don't have the heart to move it because I'm like, oh, what if she really does like it? And now I move it and she's going to be so sad. And she can't speak words to me. She can't speak English, so she can't tell me. How many of you worry about your pets, how you know they want to tell you things and they just can't do it? And they try, at least Frankie tries, by talking nonstop to me. Anyway, oh, this is my favorite, other favorite house. This little guy, he, I think he lives alone. There he is. There he is. I just waved to him. I don't think he has any idea how obsessed I am with him. He has a mini grill, like a mini Weber, those little ones that are about the size of a basketball. He grills his dinner out in his front yard every night. And he just sits there. I think he's a smoker too, which he, he gotta love. God bless them all. You gotta love a smoker these days. It's like, I don't know. You, I just, I just have to give them my respect for continuing this behavior. Um, and it's on them. It's not bothering me. You know what I mean? All right. I'm home. I got to go. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Jim O'Neill, Robin's dad. Here at Me Reading Stuff, we are offering free shipping on all books and stickers in the shop. This is an excellent chance to pick up 20 years of drawings, the big and beautiful monograph of Robin's work. Head on over to www.robinoneal.com forward slash shop to pick up something fun for yourself or a friend. Coupon code BOOK. This offer is good through Halloween. Well, this is it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed all of that. I know you enjoyed the piece of Mary Rufels. You'll like you'll like the book. You should buy it. Be well, everybody. Take care of your digestive system. Okay? That's important. Um, watch a movie. Watch it on a Monday night. Slow down. Be kind. Don't gossip. Oh, God. Get an IRA. I have one, but I never contribute any money to it, and it makes me crazy. I worry about my death all the time. I don't know. I don't have kids of my own. Nobody will take care of me. Oh, my God. (sighs) I always think of Magnolia and um, Jason Robards dying, and at least he had nurses. He had Philip Seymour Hoffman taking care of him. I'm not going to have that. All right. Expectations are pre-made resentments, and uh, what else? I don't know. Get a good night's sleep. I have a little... Here, this is what I'm going to read you. Familiar with the tranquil, she inclined instead towards the tumultuous. She loved the sea only for the sake of tempests, the meadow only as a backdrop for some ruined pile. That's Flaubert from Madame Bovary. I'm Robin O'Neill. I love you guys. Have a good rest of your night and a good weekend. I'll talk to you next Thursday. I promise. Let, Let me put it this way. It's very hard to put an end to your thoughts. I mean, they're just thoughts. You know, you can't stop them and you can't start them.